Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Let's go over tonight to the book of Psalms, and we want to go to chapter 91. And uh, it really just came up big in my spirit the other night, the other day, I should say morning, to teach on this. And uh, if, if I can say this, I'm not teaching on it for any other reason than just to show us what God says about any event that we may encounter in our lives, uh, even in the season we're in. I'm just simply entitling this whole series Psalm 91. And uh, I believe there will be about three, three, three parts to it. But Psalm 91, and uh, I want to begin, if we may, just by reading the whole chapter, and then we'll go and and look at a couple verses, two or three verses, and break them down. But it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and the noisome pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you shall trust. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not... Be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness or the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand will fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, and it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked, because you've made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, your habitation. There shall no evil befall you, neither any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. They shall bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread on the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shall you trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I'll set him on high, because he's known my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now, something that impacted me so many years ago when I I learned this was whenever God doubles a promise in the Scripture, for instance, uh, I, of course, I do most of my teaching reading out of the King James, when Jesus would say something in the Gospels, verily, verily, I say unto you, Uh, That's what he said in the book of Mark, chapter 11. Verily, verily, I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things he saith come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. Whenever God doubles a promise, it means that he's emphasizing the fact that that's a very real thing. All right? He really intends to do that, whatever the promise may be. And this entire chapter, uh, 
of Psalm 91 is a chapter of doublings. It is part of the, uh, obviously, the poetic books. And uh, Hebrew poetry was much different than English poetry. Uh, it's much more concrete. And this entire chapter is a chapter of doublings. If you take chapter, one, chapter uh, 91, verse 1, we see he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So we have dwelleth uh, there, we have secret place, we have Most High, and we have Almighty. All right? So we have dwell and abide, and we have uh, Most High and the Almighty. Doublings. All right? They, they all are re referring to the same thing, but in a little different manner. I don't know if you'll remember some of you, well, probably most of you are old enough to remember this, that there, there used to be a toy out. They may still sell it, I don't know, but it's called a viewfinder. And uh, uh, usually it was red. It had a little clicker over here, and you'd put, you'd put a wheel in it, and it had pictures. And, and when you'd look through it, it was, it was what? It was three-dimensional, right? Well, if you want to make anything 3D in a picture, both of the pictures are a little different. If you look at them, both of them are a little distorted and they're a little different because they have to, they have to come together to form that one image, all right? And so God's trying to show us an image in Psalm 91 and he uses all these different pictures to show us. And he says, doubles things over and over again to give us this picture. The, the, the idea is this, is that's the way that God comforts us. All right? Even in, in the season that we may be in, a season that you may face. You know, I've been teaching on faith looks beyond. Because here's, here's the thing. This situation that we're dealing with in America and the world right now, it's going to be like every other situation. It's going to go away. Life will get back to normal. There will be some things that will be different, but life will get back to normal until the next thing comes. Right? I mean, I've been pastoring long enough. Uh, uh, I, I remember pastoring through Y2K. I mean, people, I knew people that were spending multiplied thousands of dollars on rations and, and, and water filters and buying all the silver they could buy. Uh, I mean, and the gold. I had a guy in my church, he took me in a part of his house, and there were literally bags of $20 silver pieces, uh, uh, the old 1900 silver pieces that he had bought that were just stacked up, and he showed me his, his stock of food. And, and I, I mean, he had spent thousands upon thousands of dollars uh, because Y2K, you know, the, the computers were going to crash. Everything was going to go to pot, right? I, I knew right here I started praying about it. It's not because I'm the smartest guy in the world, but I started praying about it, and I asked the Lord, what do I do, you know? I don't want to be caught off guard. If I need to do something, tell me. And I just heard the Lord tell me, this is all going to come to nothing. Yeah. Well, I didn't get up in my church and tell people not to do certain things because that's not my place. But I knew it wasn't going to come to anything. Amen. Well, we were in our watch night service, uh, 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 December 31st, 1999, and the clock hit 12 o'clock and it became the year 2000 and nothing happened. That's 
right? And you know what? Life got back to normal. Amen. When, when 9-11 hit, I remember where I was. I remember what I was doing. My sister called me and said, have you watched the news? She knows I don't watch it. So she called me and said, have you watched the news? And I said, I have not. She said, turn the news on. And I turned the news on just as the second plane hit the tower or at that precise moment. And a little less than two hours later, I'm on the radio talking to people about how God didn't do this. I was one of the first voices in our city saying God had nothing to do this with this. Everything's going to get back to normal. Don't enter into fear. I come home, and there's lines at the gas station. I don't know what they thought, that we were going to run out of gas overnight, I guess. But lines at the gas station, lines at the grocery store, right? And I, I had to walk my church through these things. Everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to turn out okay. This is the storm will pass. All right? Now, obviously, this season that we're walking through is something that has, in some area, impacted the entire world. All right? But here's the thing. I heard my pastor preach uh, in uh, the message, No More Limits, years ago. And uh, he talked about uh, fear and how fear was a a limiter. And he made the statement, he said, If you only knew how many germs and viruses and diseases attack your body every day and you never know it because your immune system fights it off. He said, if you ever stopped and just thought about that, you would spend all day, every day inside and never go out of the house because of fear. And I was, I was running on a long run Saturday morning and the Lord brought that back to me, recall, and he said, doesn't that sound like right now? And people say, yeah, but it's different now. It's a novel virus. Do you know the God you serve? Do you think He doesn't know what your immune system needs to do to fight that off? It does. Yeah, but science, I I understand and I appreciate science and I'm, I'm all about it. Come on, I mean, I really am. But here's what I'm trying to say to you is that it's gonna pass. If you won't panic, If you won't fall apart, you may be inconvenienced right now. Right now, you know what bothers people right now? They can't watch the NBA. They can't watch sports, right? They can't can't go to the movies. That's what's bothering people right now is the inconveniences. I I was in Trader Joe's yesterday, and, and I left and got in the car, and another young lady came up, and they said, it's like a bouncer. You know, you can't come in. The bar's full. But uh, in any event, the, the, the point is, so it's an inconvenience. But here's what I'm telling you as your pastor. It's going to pass. It's going to pass. And God gives us some concrete ideas here that will comfort us. See, God's not surprised by any of the difficulties that arise against His people. Not surprised by them. All right? It, nothing catches God off guard. And if we'll listen to what God says to us, we'll be ready when these things come. All right? And, and people will say, but I didn't know it was coming. But if you will sit and listen about the things that were ministered in our church in the months and the weeks and even the year preceding this, Pastor Michelle taught on the password of praise, being joyful, being strong in joy, being strong in your spirit. 
I took 21 weeks and taught on authority and exercising our authority. We didn't know what was coming, but God will always prepare you in the Word. He'll always prepare you in the Word. If you ever face a challenging time, go back and investigate what were you listening to before that challenging time showed up. And if you've been in the Word, nine times out of ten, what you were hearing is the answer for what you're facing right now. That's usually the way it works. And all of us will come through this. And, and on the other side, we'll be better prepared for the things that happen in the future. Because if we live long enough, we'll face other things. We'll face other challenges. But notice here in Psalm 91 and verse 1, he says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. God doesn't communicate in abstract terms. All right? He's, he's, he communicates in very concrete terms. Uh, I'm God. I change not. I'm your rock. I'm your fortress. All through the Old Testament, you see those phrases with God. I'm your rock. I'm your fortress. I'm your high tower. I'm your strong tower. I'm your high place. And it gives you this idea of a strong, robust, undefeatable God that you serve. Right? It's, it's not abstract at all. God communicates in concrete terms. That's so important. What we see here in Psalm 91, and we'll look at it, is that God is a protector. God is a warrior. All right? In Psalm 91 and verse 4, notice it says, He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you shall trust. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Now, God gives us a picture here of the one animal that is more determined to protect its young than any other animal, a mother hen. Now, I know people will say, well, yeah, but, you know, uh, what about a, a mother grizzly bear and a mama grizzly bear? You know, you don't ever want to get in between her and her cubs. That's true. A mama grizzly bear is very ferocious. But here's the difference. The grizzly bear is at the top of the food chain. And that mother grizzly bear is rarely going to encounter anything that can, that can defeat her. Uh, uh, the biggest threat to her cubs is a, a, a male grizzly bear, a boar grizzly bear. And, uh, and most of the time, they don't even want to put forth the effort that it's going to take to defeat that mother. All right? A hen on the other side, on the other hand, Almost every animal that gets into a chicken coop can kill her. A weasel, a fox, even a skunk, coyote. So, do you see this? The hen is so devoted that she'll give her life for those baby chicks if necessary. You see what I'm saying? So God uses that illustration because he wants us to know where your protection is concerned, I'm all in. Amen. All right? I'm devoted to you. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and so that enemy comes and those little chicks run under that mother and she, she goes to war. Yeah. Knowing that the enemy probably that's in that barnyard has more teeth, has, has the ability to kill her, but she's got something other than herself 
on her mind, and that's her babies. It, it always does you good to remember that God says you're always on His mind, that He's tattooed your face on the palm of His hand, and He sees you every day, and He always thinks about you, and He's always willing to bring you out. And not only is He willing to bring you out, He can bring you out. Amen. It's one thing to be willing to do. I've heard people say before, I, man, if I could just help them, I would really like to help them if I could. Well, a desire to help is wonderful. A desire to help someone is a great thing. But a desire to help and the ability to help are even greater. God not only wants to bring you out, He said, I can bring you out. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Do you see that? And the reason that God uses this language in this psalm is because that's exactly what He did do. In uh, Luke chapter 13 and verse 34, Jesus is going into Jerusalem and He begins to weep over Jerusalem and He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killed the prophets. He said, how I have longed, notice, to gather you to me like a mother hen gathers her chicks, but you would not. This is just days before Jesus gave his life on the cross. So not only did God say, this is how I am and how I behave, that's what he did. Hallelujah. Now he goes on in verse 4 of Psalm 91. He'll cover you with his feather and under his wings you shall trust. Then he says, his truth shall be your shield and buckler. So now God says, I'll protect you with a shield and armor that you put on. So we see God here as an amazing warrior who has the ability to protect us and such an ability that no one can overcome it. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. So God first shows us how much he cares as a mother hen. I remember years ago, uh, I trained in martial arts and... uh, and did it for a number of years, and then uh, just uh, could not, had to make a decision because of the call of God on my life and whatnot, and uh, to to go farther in that, of course, takes a lot of time and effort and and commitment, but uh, my my sensei used to ask people a question all the time. He would say, uh, you know, who's more dangerous? The guy that's trying to take your wallet or the mother that you're trying to hurt her children? The mother. Because those are her kids. Hey, it's my wallet. It's just money. Take it. Right? You're not very dangerous to me. Here, take it. But if you're after my kids, now I got to be in between you and them. And they're the ones that are going to come out of it all right. Right? You're not going to come out of it so good. Right? So God says, notice, he says, he shows us how much he cares, the mother hen, that even at the cost of her life, because almost every enemy can overtake her, 
will fight for her chicks, but then he shows us that he's a warrior. All right? Under my feathers you'll dwell. My truth will be your shield and buckler. Amen. When you face a challenge, you want someone with the heart of a mother hen and the ability of a warrior on your side. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You want somebody with determination and ability. Glory to God. So God says, I'm with you, and I have the heart of a mother hen, and I have the ability of a mighty warrior. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. When we really understand how much God cares about us, our worries will go away. Because he says, I'm going to care for you with the intensity that this mother hen cares for her chicks, and I have the ability to keep all this from overcoming you. Amen. God's care, though, is conditional. And here's what I mean by this. There are certain things that we'll have to do to appropriate that care. Because the protection, notice what he says, is in the revelation of his truth. He said, my truth or his truth shall be your shield and buckler. So I've got to be mindful of the truth. Right? If I want this, this, this care and this warrior ability, I've got to be mindful of the truth. One of the truths that we've been espousing and God has proven himself true about is we're thriving. We're not surviving, we're thriving. We keep that truth. What does that do? That truth that we're thriving keeps lack and insufficiency at bay. It cannot overcome because we are under the feathers of the Almighty and that truth is standing as a warrior and will not allow lack and insufficiency to overcome us. It cannot. Amen. If we're not mindful of the truths of God's word, we'll be just as fearful as a person that knows nothing about God. Amen. Be, be, because, because here's the thing. I've said this for a number of years. Anything that the enemy tries to make you fearful with is something you can see, something you can feel, something you can touch. All right? And, and I've got to be careful with this because... Uh, the, the sad reality is, is in the situation that we're dealing with as a nation, I mean, people, people have died, not nearly the percentages uh, uh, maybe that they want to put out there, but people have lost their life. But, and th there's a lot of variables there, but here's, here's my point. If I'm not cautious, then I'll begin to think that that can happen to me. When Scripture says, no evil will befall me. Now, why will no evil befall me? Because I'm sheltered under His wings, and my warrior God is guarding me. Man, if you want a bodyguard, you want God as your bodyguard. Because He's never lost a client. Never has. That, that, that's so important. That when, when you go to bed at night, you don't see yourself susceptible like the world is. You have your mighty warrior God standing at your door refusing to allow 
any plan of the enemy to come in your home. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Glory to God. So that's why God doesn't have to take all the negatives away in order for us to have peace. I had somebody telling me that their family said, well, you know, you're just in a dream world. You just think you can pray everything away. Well, no, we're not in a dream world. We're in a word world. Amen. Right? Amen. I mean, I keep going back to this, and it's elementary, but remember this. There were flies in Egypt and none in Goshen. There was no visible wall between Egypt and Goshen. There was no physical reason for there not to be flies in Egypt or darkness in Egypt or, uh, excuse me, Goshen or death in Goshen, except there was a blessing wall, there was a warrior wall between those that did not know God and those that did. The difference between us and the world is we know our God they don't know our God. Our God protects them that know Him and will call on Him. Amen. That's what we were feeling Sunday morning when we were worshiping God. And it just began to well up on the inside of us. And, and Larry, Pastor Larry began to call out, God, thank you for keeping my family. Thank you for keeping my kids. Thank you for keeping my grandbabies. There was an invisible wall that God slid in between us and the world. And, and, and that's why we can see what's going on with them, but not experience it. Because there's a wall between us. Glory be to God. Mm-mm-mm. Thank you, Lord. God is telling us that it's possible for us to have peace even when things aren't back to normal. But I can have peace. And, and people don't understand. They don't, maybe they don't understand that about you or, or understand that about, about believers in general. But when you have peace and things are not back to normal, it's because you're putting your trust in something that's bigger than the turmoil. I heard Brother Copeland say something years ago, probably close to 20 years ago, and he said in the book of Psalm 23, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And he said, it's not, it's not hard to be unafraid when the biggest thing in the valley is walking with you. Right? It's not hard to be unafraid when we realize our warrior God is standing there and we're basing everything that we're doing on truth and He's hiding us and defending us. That's why all through the Scripture He said, I'm your hiding place. I'm your fortress. I'm your strong tower. All right? When He put Moses in the cleft of the rock, it was a type and a figure and a shadow of Him putting us in the cleft of a rock and putting His hand over us and nobody can get in there. When God is your guardian, there are no cracks, there are no open doors, there are no ways under, over, around, or in because God's got all the bases covered. Oh, thank you, Lord. Ha, ha, ha. Do you see this? That's where a lot of believers miss it, is they don't believe it's right until they feel it's right. Well, it's right because the truth says it's right. Amen. You know, 
I've made a statement for a number of years. And it was this. The presence of an enemy doesn't mean anything. Yeah, but, you know, I feel the pressure. But, but you just feel it. I mean, that's like being in a room that's too hot. You feel the heat. But it's just heat. The pressure is in reality on the Word. It's not on me. I might feel it, right? But I don't have to feel like everything's right. If I have to feel like there's no pressure, then I'm not putting my confidence in the one who's keeping me. Listen, I'm like you. I like pressure-free times. I like it when I don't have any pressure. But, but, you know, here's the bottom line. Every day you face pressure, but it's pressure that you become accustomed to, and it's just no big deal. Yep. Every day you have to perform on your job. Yep. And, and so there's pressure, but you know what you're doing. You're trained. You know how to do it. And you come and do it, and there's times that there's more work or more pressure that's there, but your training comes in, and you know what you're supposed to do? Amen. Amen. Every month, you got to pay your light bill, your house note, your car note, whatever else you may have. You've got to pay those things. That's a subtle pressure that is there, but you know you're working. You know you get paid every two weeks. You know you're a tither. You know you're a giver. That's just part and parcel of living. And you never hold your head in your hands and say, my God, what am I going to do? The light bill is... Right? Because that is a pressure, but it's a pressure that you just, if I can say it this way, you understand that it's part of living. There's pressure that just comes with being in this world. Amen. And what the enemy does is take added pressure. Yeah, but this is a big deal. Well, every day is a big deal. According to statistics, there were people that tripped getting out of bed this morning and died. Every two seconds, somebody dies. 150,000 people died today of causes other than corona. But people will look at, oh, 200,000 have died. 150,000 will die tomorrow. That's 300,000, 150,000 just times five, right? That's 600, 750,000 people a work week that die. But people, right? But the enemy comes, oh, this and and this disease and and, oh, it's, it's horrible. You don't, none of us in here get up on any morning of our life and think about dying. But the enemy comes with this extra pressure. And now he's telling us there's something out there. Right? It's, it's invisible. If whatever you touch, you could bring it home. No, I can't. Right? Death and disease drop at my doorstep. Why? The warrior's there. When I come home, the warrior frisk me. And if there's any disease or death, he said, uh-uh, you got to go. 
That's, that's how you have to look at it. Or if you, maybe he wands you. You know, he's wanding you. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, you got to go. You got to go. <laughs> so my point is, is it's right whether I feel it or not. There will be times in our lives that the only place we find assurance is in the Word. That's it. That's the, only, that's the only place we find assurance. And I'm not making light of any pressure that you may feel. I'm just trying to explain to you that pressure is not an indicator that something's wrong and that you're going to go under. It's just the pressure. Amen. There are times you have to fight for the peace of God. I've got to fight for it. I've got to hold on to it. You hold on to your peace. Amen. And it might be something as simple as you go out on your back deck and sit on your patio or on your deck or however, wherever you're, you're sitting in your backyard and you just let the wind blow and you don't let your mind think on anything else but how sweet the flowers smell and how blue the sky is. Amen. Because you're understanding my mind is my mind and it's going to think on what I want it to think on. Right. Amen. That's what Jesus said when he said tomorrow will take care of the things of itself. Sufficient for the day is the evil thereof. In other words, if you're not dealing with this tomorrow, you're going to be dealing with something. Amen. I mean, if you got kids, you understand that. You, man, they're two years old, three years old, you're dealing with a set of problems. Man, when they're six, you got a whole other set of problems. And then, dear God, they become teenagers. And you got a whole dump truck load full of stuff. Right? And then they grow up and leave the house and you thought you got done with it and no, you didn't. Right? And, and, and what happens? Not just your kids, but other people want to bring their pressure and make it your pressure. My neighbor's pressure is not my pressure. That's why the Lord gave me the phrase, nobody can tell you what's normal. I reject that. Because I've had people say, well, this is the new normal. No, it's not. It's not the new normal. And, and, I'm, and, and I hope you hear my, my heart when I say this. I'm not making light of anything. I'm just saying it's not the new normal. And we've got to keep that in our minds. Now, in Psalm 91 and verse 7. Whew. Now, all through this series, we're going to touch every verse in Psalm 91. But I, I just want you to see these about protection. A thousand shall fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand. But, but is an anointed word. It shall not come near you. See, that's so important. Notice the contrast. One side, you have disaster. On the other side, you have the hand and the protection of God. Amen. See, here again, many people believe in order for God to protect them, everything has to be okay. You know, there can be nothing going on in the world. Everything, you know, for God to protect me, everything has to be smooth sailing. Well, but that's not what Scripture says. If, if you can imagine here, he says, a thousand shall fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand. 
and you can imagine that you're, you're, you're walking down a street, a thoroughfare, Main Street, and, and uh, all of a sudden, a thousand people over here on your left side drop dead. And then over here, somehow, 11, 10,000 drop dead. And, and they're on either side of you. So that's 11,000 to one. And yet God said it would not come near you. Hallelujah. Yeah, but, oh, that was close. God said it didn't come near you. Amen. There was a man in Sri Lanka when that, years ago, if you remember when that uh, tsunami hit, and uh, he was staying in one of the hotels right there on the beach, uh, not too far from there. And uh, he was there for a business meeting. And the, the hotel that he was staying in had these huge pillars. I don't remember the circumference, but huge pillars. Uh, and he stepped off of the elevator and was walking through the foyer. And just as that wave hit the plate glass in front of that hotel and brought all that glass and shrapnel, just as it hit, he stepped behind that pillar. And it all went around him on either side. People died in front of him and in back of him. And he came out of it without a scratch. People say, oh, that was close. He said it wasn't even, wasn't even close. He said it won't come near you. Our definition of near and God's definition of, dear, of near are different. Because right now there are people, even believers, that think that what we're dealing with in the world, that it's close to us. God says it's not. And, and, and that's what we've got. Remember, he said his truth will be our shield and buckler. That's important. Amen. Because if, if you can imagine... In, uh, in Egypt, on Passover night, when the destroyer passed through the land, you know, I don't know how close the people were to the Egyptians, but, you know, we can, we can, we can imagine that they knew some of the people that died. They might have even been close, across the street, across the neighborhood. I don't know. But none of them suffered with it. But yet, he was right there in their neighborhood, walking their streets, because it said when he sees the blood, he will pass over. He had to be close enough to see the blood on the doorpost, and he said when he sees the blood, he'll pass over. That's close. In the natural mind, that's right outside the door. But God says it's not even close. It won't come near you. Why? Because he's our warrior God. Amen. Do, do you see this? When uh, Pastor Michelle and I, some years ago, and uh, it would have been, uh, well, it would have been, uh, oh, 20, at least 21 years ago, I guess, we were in Birmingham, Alabama at a conference. And uh, we got up one morning, and it was a Friday morning, and we just really felt led of the Lord to, to pray in the Holy Spirit. And we really didn't know what we were praying about, but we, uh, we went and got our coffee and, and our breakfast, and we were just praying in the Spirit, and, and then we decided to just go walk and pray, and so we walked and prayed for probably three, three and a half hours, uh, 
I guess, and just prayed in the Spirit. And around about the fourth hour, th three and a half, four hours, we really got a release, got a peace, got a joy, got a, a, a satisfaction that whatever we were praying about was taken care of. And uh, so we just, you know, we rejoiced and, and uh, we went on and went to, to church that night to the conference in that afternoon. Long story short, uh, we got home that night and of course this was uh, uh, back before cell phones were real prevalent and uh, there was a message button flashing on the, the hotel phone and we answered it and it was a nurse at Overland Park Regional in uh, uh, Overland Park or Olathe Med Center, excuse me, in Olathe, Kansas. And uh, our daughter had been in an accident, our oldest daughter. And she was riding with some friends and they were coming out of the, the mall parking lot and her friend uh, looked to the right and didn't look to the left and pulled out and they pulled out right into the, the path of an asphalt truck. And that truck hit them just nearly head on. It was, it was, it, it looked bad. The carnage looked horrible. Uh, and uh, I can only say what the report they gave was that, uh, you know, the EMTs thought there's no way that anybody survived. And, uh, uh, but they did survive. Amen. And out of that carnage, you know, totally destroyed vehicle, uh, the worst problem was uh, my daughter had to get stitches in her knee. And one of the other girls had a big knot on her head. Now, you look at that carnage and you think, oh, that was a close call. God said it wasn't even close. Not even near. Didn't even come near them. Yeah, but they hit. Yeah, but they walked away. You see what I'm saying? What may come on the world around us can be very devastating. But God is able to slide that invisible wall between you and the rest of the world to keep you protected. So right now, you know, and, and, and I want to be careful because I'm not making light of anything, but, but right now you have something that is protecting you that the world can't see but it's there. You have a mask on right now. Amen. It's called Psalm 91. Amen. Right? You have some gloves on. It's called the blood of Jesus. Amen. It, 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 it's, 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 it's what is between you and the world that keeps you protected. And, and the issue is this. This is what happens when you know the truth. Yes. Is I, I can't be destroyed. Because I know the truth. Well, what's the truth? He's keeping me with the tenacity of a mother hen, and he has the ability to do it like a mighty warrior. Hallelujah. And I may see people face destruction over here and over here, but it won't even come near me. Oh, it just won't. Amen. And that's got to be my mindset every day because the, the enemy will consistently... Try to keep you focused on the issues, what people are dealing with. And, and I understand that people are dealing with things. I'm not making light of that. But at the same time, our mindset has to be is I don't need everything to look right for it to be right. And I don't need to feel no pressure to have peace. Right? Because I've got it. Because I'll end with this. The world will always come up with another what-if scenario, right? 
the curve, you know, you've heard a lot about, they talk about the curve. Well, you know, the curve's flattening. Matter of fact, in a lot of places, it's going the other direction. But now what do you hear in the world? Oh, what if it resurges? What if it resurges? And so, and so I was talking to somebody not too long ago, and, and, and the perfect opportunity was there just to talk faith. Well, but I saw on the news, and they said, well, I'm not against anybody watching the news. You do what you think is right. But here's the point. People that have no answer will always come up with the fear-filled answer. Well, this may not be the end. Oh, it's the end. It's the end. Why? Because that's what the Lord said. So that, that, that's where we go. His grace, y'all do know what is it uh, day after tomorrow is the fifth month. And he said, in the fifth month, I'll show my grace. And he said, I will show it to a people who have largely forgotten me. But because of my unchanging nature and my love, I will show them my grace, my unmerited favor. The Lord woke me up this morning and he said something to me. He said, Philip, I want you, well, no, Lord, I'll, help me say that exactly right. I wrote it down. He said, Philip, spend the rest of your life, and he said three things, telling people how much I love them, telling people how good I am, and telling people how much their life will change if they give it to me. That just makes me weep that he would ask us to do that. Amen. Right now, people need to know that. And so I'm telling everybody that's here, everybody watching on live stream, God loves you. God's good all the time. And if you haven't given your life to him, he will change your life radically and drastically. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight for the word of God. We thank you for the promises of protection that we have from the book of Psalm 91. We thank you, Lord, that we have seen from your word that you care for us like a mother hen and you are tenacious and that you're a mighty warrior that has the ability to keep us and that even though we see destruction on one side and destruction on the other side, there is an invisible wall between us and it and it cannot come near us. And so, Father, we thank you for protecting those in our church. We thank you for protecting those in our families. And we declare that we will give you the praise and the glory. And on the other side of this, we'll be stronger for it. And we'll come out of it with a greater faith and a greater belief in what you can do. In the name of Jesus, amen.